0: Whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. This is good advice, especially when speaking about language using language. It is a minefield of problems and ambiguities. I want to make another attempt to clarify the duality of the meaning of words based upon comments I have received, objecting that the existentialist and pragmatic theories of meaning necessarily imply idealism or rational, rationalism. That is, the position that the mind is the only or ultimate reality. This is not so, in in fact, the existentialist and pragmatic theories of meaning are the only way to avoid idealism, rationalism, or solipsism. I am not denying experience or the existence of whatever is outside the conscious use of words. Pragmatism only maintains that whatever is out there, once you start talking about it by whatever semantics or syntax you use, be it conventional words, logic, mathematics, symbols, or whatever, the meaning of the talk is its usefulness. Does the language achieve what you want it to achieve? In order to be meaningful, language does not have, nor is it required to have, any direct or immediate, nor any relationship to whatever your immediate experience is outside the use of the words you are using during that experience. The words' only meaning is their ability to be useful to our will for control over whatever is out there, whatever we are experiencing that is trying to control us. For example, one comment was that regardless of words used, there is a reality to saying, hit you over the head with a 2x4 that is independent of the words used. I agree. By existing, I know that there are certain things out there that might kill me. Hitting me over the 2x4 hit me over the head with a two-by-four is one of them. If I were not to talk about this knowledge why, being raised by a speechless computer on a desert island, that would be the end of it. I could be silent about this knowledge, or I could refer to it arbitrarily as a word such as Gravani in my own private language, in which the meaning of all words is existence. I exist. However, what if another person enters this desert island and I want to warn them that having a 2x4 fall on your head may kill you? How do I translate my private language of existence into a real language? One way is to knock them over the head with a two by four, hope they live, and thus they will know the danger of being hit in the head with a two by four. This is a pragmatic way to avoid the problems of language translation but we could not build a society or serious communications with this type of non-language communication. So we begin the translation process. We say Garvani while hitting a rat on the head with a two by four. The other person grimaces and shakes his head to the two by four and moves away. From now on, while you observe him, he avoids coming anywhere near you holding a two by four and yells Garvani as he moves away. So, you have successfully translated the private language word Gravani to the new person, and you have a real word. What is the meaning of this word, other than the successful conclusion, at least for now, to your intent to have the other person avoid getting hit in the head by your 2x4? Is there a direct reference between the word Gravani and the experience of being hit in the head with a 2x4, with the experience of hitting a rat in the head with a 2x4? Maybe, but you have no way of knowing it. Maybe he likes rats and thus is afraid of anything that hurts rats. Maybe he has a fear of rectangular wooden objects. There are almost an infinite number of possibilities. Until Garvani stops working, you have no way of knowing it, and when it stops working, the problem will not go away, but simply change as a matter of degree. The nature of the problem is still there. On the following day, you say, Garvani, why the 2x4 is not in your hands, and instead of moving away from it, the other person picks it up and gives it to you. There is a problem. The other person seems to think that Garvani means 2x4 in your hand. So you change things and try to be more specific. Once you do, has the meaning of the words changed? Do they, do they now refer directly to the experience of what? of getting hit in the head with a two-by-four, or of a rat getting hit in the head with a two-by-four, or of you having the two-by-four in your hand, you still do not know anything other than than the success in doing what you wanted him to do at any given time. You will never know, and it does not matter. The meaning of the word is success in achieving your intent, its usefulness. Until it stops achieving your intent, it has meaning. Even when it stops achieving your intent, it has meaning in the sense that it is useful to express the failure of your intentions. The word does not need to refer to any immediate experience to be useful, to be uh, meaningful. This should get more obvious now when you consider the actual words 2 by 4 If you are familiar with carpentry, using that term successfully gets you to see a long piece of wood measuring 2 inches by 4 inches, in the same way that saying concentrate on the chin as a nose should successfully make you see the Parisian mother-in-law in in that illustration of a Parisian wife-slash-mother-in-law. Think about the intricate, intertwined fabric of language involved in such a simple statement as 2 by 4 What if you did not know carpentry, cut wood, European numbers, English Standard Measurement System— that the symbol X is equivalent to the word by, or that by means the ratio of width to to height, and numerous other useful terms, such as the ratio of width to height or length. Any lack of these threads in the fabric and the concept of two by four is meaningless, regardless of whether or not a two by four exists. Or, if you know this fabric, the words two by four have meaning, even if an actual two by four does not exist, or never existed. It could be a useful for an imaginary two by four. This is true even when we talk to ourselves, and especially when we talk to ourselves in a private language that is not really a language. All words in our private language are versions of I am, I am not, I want, and lead us to I am, therefore I think, which goes on to the duality of meaning. But the initial words have the same meaning, existence. I exist and nothing more. Even in a real language, when we talk to ourselves, using that real language, the words often contradict because they are dependent on the intentions we have for them at any given time, what we are doing at any given time. Uh, Let anyone speak on any given topic for more than 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes less. They will eventually contradict themselves. I remember doing this at least once in this podcast series and probably did it many more times that I do not remember. Remember, in episode number 22, Dealing with Theology, I said that no one can no more have a private religion than one can have a private language. At that time, I was trying to avoid the duality of meaning in language in order to simplify the convoluted theological issue involved. Without even thinking about it, I saw no need to add into the mix the complicated issue of a private language that is not really a language since its meaning is simply existence. All words in a private language, including the concept of a private religion, only mean your existence. Once you start using conventional language, all words, including religion, mean their usefulness. As we discussed in that theology podcast, even the words religion refers to something that is useful in producing a flourishing society that could go on to achieve power over reality. Once you start using conventional language, as the intentions of the will for power changes, so does the usefulness and thus the meaning of the words. And thus, even when talking to yourself, you may contradict yourself. In cleanup, hopefully I have clarified the issue well enough so so that you can contemplate it. Not only are the usefulness of words their meaning and their only meaning, but the battle to make them useful, the battle of wills, that creates words, whose meaning is is their usefulness, instead of just existence. It is this battle of wills that is the only proof that I am not alone in reality, that defeats solipsism, idealism, and rationalism. So how is it that we are able to communicate at all? I enjoy reading Albert Camus, but his words are written in French and translated into English. The translator could write down whatever he wants, and then I would have no clue that uh, he was just fab making stuff up. How can they have meaning for me? Does this pragmatic meaning of words apply to mathematics and logic, and thus to science with its great successes? It does, and it is important for the working person to notice. The great present success of science has made it the new demigod for the powers that be, or one of the new demigods. Therefore, I need to contemplate this issue. I want to leave you with a quotation from Quine's Two Dogmas of Empiricism, a part of which is quoted on the Philosophy of Language webpage. For language is social, and so depends for its development upon intersubjective reference. Close quotation.